You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me today on Fuel Radio. Today, my guest is Ken Keyes. Ken is the leader of the Consulting Resource Group, an organization that has helped more than 1 million people in 50,000 organizations worldwide improve employee satisfaction and productivity. Today, Ken's passion remains leading others to experience the same clarity and joy he did by creating a life of purpose and empowering leaders to empower others. Ken is prolific. He's a prolific content creator. He has more than 3 million written words, 10,000 hours of consulting and speaking experience, and co-authoring of 10 professional development tools. Ken has had a profound impact on the world's leadership landscape for the last 24 years. Along the way, Ken also got certification in nutrition. During this interview, we talk about nutrition. We talk about stress and a tool that Ken has developed that helps you to determine your stress levels and how you can improve your nutrition. So without further ado, here's Ken Keyes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fuel Radio. On the line with me today is my longtime friend, Ken Keyes. Welcome to Fuel Radio, Ken. Well, thanks, Rod. It's a pleasure to kind of hang out and uh, serve in the space. <laughs> we should Mr. say fuel. We should say Dr. Ken. When, when did you get your doctorate? Oh, it's a few years ago now. It seems yeah. like it was just yesterday, but, uh, you know, in my 50s, I got it. So it's anything's possible. So I think it's four or five years ago. <laughs> yeah, good for you. I, I, I don't know about you, but I find the older I get, the harder it is to do that kind of stuff. I got my real estate license in my 40s and it was a struggle man <laughs> well i get it now one of the great things for me is my uh, phd was uh, non-traditional project-based uh, so i got to write a dissertation on my topic what i love doing so that's the only way that i would do it versus traditional universities forcing you to take required courses that you have no interest in yeah so, yeah, so yeah the, exactly. the learning was focused and so was my degree was focused on that content of leadership and management. So uh, that made it much easier for me. Yeah, right up your alley, something you've been doing most of your life, focusing on most of your life. Well, as, as we say, this actually is my 30th year. And, you know, we have a backstory where I got into this industry through your father when he had Achievers International and started the sales training uh, pieces. And that was way back in 1989. So it's my 30th anniversary. Now you could be listening to this podcast in 2072. Uh, but in when we're recording this in 2019, it was my 30th year. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. That's excellent. So we wanted to get together today to talk about, I mean, if you go on Ken's company website, uh, it's crgleader.com, right? Correct. Yeah. You'll find... I, I can't believe the amount of stuff that Ken produces. He's, he's Mr. Toolman. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and probably your most well-known tool that a lot of coaches use, like business coaches and life coaches, is the personality, what, what's the formal name it's of per, it? Personal Style Indicator, which would be an right. alternative to DISC or Myers-Briggs or True Colors or some of those other ones. Right, right. And, and then most people will prefer it based on our design. Yeah, it seems to be the choice of a lot of coaches and, and you've written books about it and all and a number of different things. So yeah, what I was going to say is if you go on Ken's website, you'll see all kinds of tools. 
But, you know, our focus lately on fuel, la- fuel radio and even in our own lives has been our health. Mm. And uh, Ken put together a tool called the Stress Indicator and Health Planner. And I want to get the backstory of that. But before we do that, maybe you could just describe what it is and then we'll find out the backstory and then we'll dive into more details and reasons. Well, a little side trip is that we know that health's important. It doesn't matter if you have your purpose and all these other things, but really North Americans for sure, sort of the Western developed world, our health stocks sucks, pardon me. And, and, (laughs) and the reality is, is that even the developed world is, is heading down the wrong track. I don't claim the first version of this. The first version was Dr. Gwen Faulkner and Dr. Terry Anderson because they saw that if I don't keep track or develop or lower my stress and keep my health in in check, that my fulfillment in life is going to be reduced. And what some people don't know is I also have a diploma in nutrition and genetics. Excellent. So I came actually out of the agricultural field and everything we did there was around nutrition and environmental factors and how that contributed to the condition of whoever I was working with, if it was animals or whatever, but that applies to us. And in fact, most people actually treat or feed their pets better than themselves. So when we think about stress in the environment, life has become complicated in the last 200 years. You know this, right? I mean, just social media and all the stuff that's going on. So we recently, that version five just came out, Rod, prior to the show. And I spent several months researching it and just saying, we want to be able to help people to identify what might be some trigger points that are contributing to stress to you. And that is what drove us to, you know, continuing to update it, refine it. It is our longest tool with 120 questions, but it also gives you the most amount of answers and clues about what I might do to improve my health in five different areas. Yeah, good stuff. So, as I discussed with Ken before we started, I've, he was kind enough to send me the stress indicator before our interview so I could give it a try. But I, I know quite a bit about it, I guess, <laughs> having done it. But I'm going to play dumb. You know, it sounds like I, I picked up on what you said there was that the people that created it, it, it there was even some personal reasons for you to, to do this and, and to take it. Is that part of what's behind the whole creation of this tool? Well, for sure. And even myself as, a, as the co-author now, um, in 1987, 88, my doctor misdiagnosed me, uh, Rod, as a manic depressive and put me on antidepressants. And part of what occurred, it was through my own discovery that we found out that I wasn't depressed at all. It was, I was hypoglycemic. And so one of the things that I really were trying to encourage through this tool, and it's not trying to be meta, medically diagnosis kind of level diagnostic tool, but rather an assessment so that I can be in charge of my health and wellness. And, you know, I see it all the time where people just are struggling to have the energy, struggling to have engagement. And when I, you know, got off the antidepressants and got off of sugar, which was killing me, Uh, then my life changed, right? My moods changed. And so a lot of times people are dealing with issues that are physically driven because of what they're doing and not doing in their life. And now our environment, unfortunately, has more toxins in it, more sort of environmental toxins in all levels that we need to be more top of mind in this area. Yeah, it's incredible. I think more and more people are, well, I'm not sure if they are or not. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was going to say more more people are realizing it. I was just in in Disneyland last weekend and and mm. walking around it's it's pretty sad. I f- I find this every time I go there is you just, you know, at least anecdotally, you look at how many people are overweight. We went to downtown Disney and it's like every store is like selling sugar, you know. <laughs> and mm. I, I don't want to be a downer. I want to be solution oriented, which I which is Mm-hmm. What I like about you creating this tool, and I know you want to be that way too, but sometimes we got to start with the problem and at least anecdotally from my walk down the main street in downtown Disney, it's like, oh, I, we're not, maybe as a society in North America, we're not quite getting the message yet. And I know also from the numbers in terms of obesity, and I've, I've studied that and teach that, that uh, things are not not getting better. And And so what have you found in terms of our overall health and stress and everything? Well, a couple of points I think, Rod, are important for your, your listening audience. That's, first of all, ca- contrary to how many people want to posture, 90 to 95% of our illnesses are lifestyle related. So that means we have an opportunity. That's the World Health Organization. So I, I can't use, well, my genes, they make me fat or overweight or obese or whatever. No, 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 you are responsible. So that's, that's the burden, meaning I'm responsible for it. Or the other side is that I can't blame my genes for my condition, maybe 5%. The other side is the most unhealthy countries in the world is North America, Mexico, Canada, and US. We're a trifecta. We are the worst health in the world and UK and Australia are close behind. So when we think about it, we have all these conveniences and this food and this cheap food and $1 burgers and all that kind of stuff. And then in the 50s, we moved into this processed food stuff. And so plus our lifestyle, I mean, now all of a sudden you're working, you're commuting, and then you have data and you're working harder. So all of these factors are contributing. So the U.S. Department of Labor did a study and they said, what, what is stress costing? It's costing the U.S. Um, labor force $300 billion a year in lost productivity just from stress alone. 50% of Canadians believe that they're stressed or highly stressed, and it's affecting their ability to work and or to live. Uh, One-third of people in Spain are highly stressed to the point where they're taking several days off a year just because of it. Uh, uh, the U.K., 10% of the GDP is related to stress-related illnesses and stuff. So, hey, this is expensive. And that doesn't account for what does it mean to me emotionally or from a meaning point of view or from a fulfillment point of view, this is just money. What about the fact that, you know, I can't work or I'm sick or I'm ill or years ago I injured my back on a, in a farm injury and then I got way overweight and so here is my kids, six and seven years old, and I couldn't play with them because my back was injured. And so I went to some special treatment. I lost 40 pounds uh, to take responsibility because I was on the road 1,500 days in seven years. Like, so traveling constantly. And I did not manage my lifestyle at that time. So airplanes, fast food, no sleep, all those things that dictate and contribute to our condition. Can you make the correlation or the connection between stress and nutrition and exercise for us. Okay. Well, I just want to back up one second. 
Yeah. In, in the uh, assessment, we actually break down your stress levels in five different categories. Right. So the first category is around distress, meaning stress shows up in irritability, in can't sleep, uh, an- uh, anxiousness, inability to make decisions, withdrawn, all this kind of stuff. The next one is one of the values of the assessments, because I do believe that obviously nutrition and genetics and lifestyle is a very, very important part of it. But we also categorize interpersonal um, stress. So we know that conflict can and strife can highly contribute to stress. So if you have personal conflict or work conflict, then we break that down in some questions about if you want to deal with stress. So that could be one area. And in fact, one, I, one study I have in the, the Quest book, which I'm going to give away uh, during the show here, is that if you uh, go through a divorce and you're bitter, your life is shortened by seven years. This is a study done in the UK. So when we think about nutrition and lifestyle, then those are some two components that are next in the assessment. Then we talk about occupational stress. 80% of people don't like their work or what they do. I mean, Rod, you're creating sort of your own lifestyles through Stillwater, through doing what you love doing, and very few people are doing it. So if you go to work every day miserable, then that is going to be stressful. So the occupational stress and are you in the right environment? Are you doing the right things? And that's all our work around purpose. And then the other one is around time stress, is that we, so, we get caught up and we get addicted to these screens and we erode any kind of margin. So all of those contribute. So I just wanted to kind of backstory that before we get into this whole nutrition and lifestyle stuff. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for doing that. I, and again, you know, it just seems so, it almost seems so, like I'm worried about North American society when you talk, there's so many things that are, that, that we are doing that are incorporated into our lives that are accepted and, and they're just not good. They're just not good for us. You know, I, 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 I just, I recognize what, just on a personal note, I recognize that I was bringing my phone to bed and I'm watching all these sarcastic Trump videos, you know, from the, these different comedians and stuff like that. And I'm, there was one night where I was up until one o'clock at night and I thought, oh, this is crazy, you know? So mm. I went and bought a little alarm clock. It's been ages since I've had an actual alarm clock. I put that on my bedside table and now I plug my phone in, in my kitchen and I just leave it there and I don't go to bed with it anymore at night. I'm probably, I'm probably gaining a couple hours of sleep. You are plus the, you yeah. know, the Wi-Fi, you know, um, electromagnetic fields, you know, this whole controversy over 5G, it's fast, but you know what? Uh, there's some questions about how Wi-Fi affects us and those things as well. So, uh, yeah. Good on you, Rod. <laughs> and, and I'm sure there's many of us that are listening or many who are listening that say, yeah, I do that. That, that device, it's, it's glued to our bodies. Yeah, yeah. So just practically, how does it work? It's, it's, an, it's an online assessment. How does, how does the assessment work itself? Well, all our tools are self-scored, self-interpreted. And one of the things, this is our longest tool. There's 120 questions. So, you know, do set aside a half an hour to be able to kind of complete and respond to it. But we're going to go in-depth for you. And it's going to be self-reporting, meaning if you lie on the assessment, it's not going to be any more relevant than the fact, be real. I mean, don't try to fool it because the only person you're going to harm by not being authentic in your responses is yourself. 
The other thing that this tool has, has which is a little bit more than some of our other tools, because we have 10 core tools with 12 reports, is that we have another whole section, which is called the health planner. So every single section that we talk about interpersonal um, stress or nutritional stress or lifestyle or whatever conditions, we have recommendations, the latest research that's out there, plus websites to go to, the recommendations in terms of here are some strategies on what do I need to do to be able to reduce my stress and increase my wellness in every one of those categories, plus additional resources that you could look at. So if you say, hey, listen, I hate my job. I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. Then we have some other tools or my book that, can, that are referred there to be able to go to the next level. Then you go online, you complete it. And because our tools are available 24-7 online, you have to love that. Or you complete it on your phone. They're all responsive design. You just fill that out. And then the report is going to be given to you. And then what you're going to do with it, I have a short video at the end of it about how to apply it. We will be building out an online course around this tool in the next 12 months. And so that'll be an extended e-course to kind of dive deep into the specific items and organizations probably use it for health and wellness purposes as well. And now you act on that and say, where's the low hanging fruit? Where is it that I could change something even tomorrow? One thing in each one of those categories to go to the next level. Don't try to do it all because you overwhelm yourself. The research shows is that if I try to do one thing, and change it today, I have about a 70% success rate. If I do two things, it's 50. If I do three things, it's 15. So the point being is just try one thing. What is it? I'm going to start now. I'm going to shift this, and then I'll do the next one, and then I do the next one. So change takes time. The other one, Rod, is that most of the time, we're habitual, right? Everything we do, what we did, did this morning, how we even got up, how we drove to work. Some of you don't even remember how you drove to work. You just kind of got there is that it's not so much trying something new, it's ending what you've been doing. It's stopped doing the old habits. It's going through the drive-through and getting all the donuts or getting and putting like four scoops of sugar into your coffee, you know, the kiss of death of that. So I like sweet coffee, yeah, but you're killing yourself with the sugar. So, you know, just stop that enough. Just get rid of that stuff. So you have to stop some things and then start filling in it with some new things as well. What do, you, what do you recommend? This is kind of a side note, but what do you recommend to people as far as habit change is concerned? Like, well, my, my, I, uh, I, think, I think just do it is great advice, <laughs> but some, you know, how, how do, what, do you, what do you recommend? Well, there's all kinds of different strategies out there, right, Rod? And my colleague, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who is the number one executive coach in the world, says nothing happens without structure. And I agree with that, is that you need to have a plan and a system that works for you. So don't set yourself up to fail. If you want to change your food diet, then don't be bringing chips in the house. You, nobody has enough willpower to stop them. Sooner or later, one day when you're just feeling a little down and you're not, don't have the willpower, you're going to dive into that bag and it's going to be gone. So, I mean, an alcoholic doesn't have alcohol in their house. So you start to be wiser about creating an environment that helps you to succeed. If it's structured in terms of working out, set out a workout regime or a regimen that works for you. What time of day? Where, what are you doing? Who are you doing it with? And so spend the time to set up structure that serves you. I mean, there is this old thing, daytimer, right, about how you would manage your time. Well, that only works for a certain part of the population. The rest of us don't like to use A1, 2, 3, 4, 5, B, 6, 7. We're just not that way. So 
I've several times over my lifetime, as well as when things change and if you travel, you say, okay, if I'm traveling, then how am I going to get this in? Where would I get it? How would I do it? So do the work and the effort to set it up. If you need an accountability partner, Rod, that always helps and to be able to, I mean, you do some coaching too. So hire Rod to hold yourself accountable to go to the next level and set that structure up. But you have to shift something. And so use all of these strategies to go to the next level. Like for ourselves, we have our own garden now. We try not to include the fast foods. Yes, we'll treat, uh, we'll, we'll cheat once in a while, but not very often. The other one is, is stop feeling guilty about what you're not doing. Give it up. It's not helping you. You know, guilt is eroding your immune system. Just okay, I am what it, it happened. Let's just go with this. But do look at what are the structures, the environment. So maybe you like sports, maybe you like walking, maybe you like hiking, maybe you like swimming. It doesn't matter. There's no judgment. Just look at what are those things that will bring activity. And then from a food choice point of view, is set yourself up in your environments to go to restaurants that have the right choices. And think about it. Said, okay, if we were to put five restaurants on our list or six or seven or eight, what would be the ones that have the healthiest choices for us? What are the ones we just don't want to go to like hardly ever? And just think about that. It doesn't have to be a burden. Easy peasy. Yeah, great advice. I mentioned that we were traveling last weekend and both Kath and I, we've been watching our our weight and we both came back. We didn't gain any weight on, on our trip. And And you're so right. Like if you just plan it right and um, it is doable now, you know, you just, you just pick the things on the menu that you know are good for you and just stay away from the bad. I also like your advice about uh, not having it in the house. I'm like that. Like if there's a plate of cookies, it's, it's gone. <laughs> but if it's not here, I'm fine, right? So the, the key is just not having it in the house. That's, that's the big thing. Or maybe go grocery shopping together. They also say don't go grocery shopping hungry. Yes. And, and so maybe you go together. It says, oh, listen, okay, Kathy, can you hold me accountable not to put those chips in this time? And I, it's, I hate, I'm not saying it's easy. I no. love chips. I love chocolate. I mean, I just all over that stuff. Yeah. But if you want to be healthy, uh, what I would admit, what I would say to the listeners, and you know this too, is our environment has so much convenience that it really has contributed to our condition. So, you know, every corner store has all the sugary product of some sort or another, all processed foods. And then we're into this quick element. We're eating out more. We're not eating at home as much. We're not thinking about, you know, healthy food. And so we are just placating to what's going on out there. I mean, the, I'm sorry, there's a bit of a conspiracy. I'm a, come from a dairy farmer background, right? Is that processed foods are killing you. So try to mitigate that, try to lower them. Just where can I go to be able to uh, shift to a more healthy uh, substance? What's the main thing? What's the main reason why you put the stress indicator and health planner together? What's the main outcome that you were hoping to achieve? Well, it's just a better, lower stress and better health for everybody. End stop. And what is stressing you is unique to you. And that's why the stress indicator is so thorough and so well researched and so well developed is that it could be multiple different things for each person. So we wanted to give you a framework that would be personalized for you and give you as many insights as possible within a short period of time to be able to take it to the next level. I think it's a sad state of affairs, Rod, 
first of all, of course, my number one passion is to help others to live on purpose. But number two is when you think about quality of life, my father-in-law 18 months ago died of dementia in a residential care. And I was in there weekly for several months. The reality is, is everybody was there, wasn't living. They were just waiting to die. And as people get older, one of the things that happens, it's, it's quality of life. And another thing that comes into place is this whole thing about mobility. And so if I am 70 years of age, there's absolutely no reason that you need to be sick. There's no reason to have dementia. There's all kinds of sort of preventative things. There's several books out there. So there's one book that talks about 36 different contributors to dementia. And the other one is what a sad point of affairs if you're 70 and you can't go traveling anymore because you can't get around. You're, you're hobbling. I'm, I traveled a lot this last month. My number one irritant, and don't, don't take this personally, but it was elderly people who took four hours to get out of the airplane because they were just shuffling and there's no reason for them to shuffle. Everybody thinks that I need to die sick. No, you don't. That, that is a false kind of assumption. So, you know, what we do now is affecting us later on. We also know that if you have children who are under 13 age, years of age who are obese, they're setting their mitochondria to be obese for the rest of their lives. So I actually think, this is a strong statement, that parents who have obese children are irresponsible. And they said, well, no, my kids just want to eat what they want to eat. Hang on, who's in charge here? I mean, if you had cyanide on the table and every day they were just drinking some because they choose to, you would never let that happen. But that's what processed foods and obesity is doing to our kids. You know, you even have this like obese one-year-old or two-year-olds. That's because the environment. So parents haven't been educating themselves or they haven't been standing firm where all this convenience food they've allowed into the space with their kids. And now they are actually giving them a prison term for the rest of their lives. So do you think I get passionate about this? I actually get angry over it because we can prevent this. It's all preventable and it all can be um, stopped if we make the choices, but they're not easy choices. We just kind of have this lifestyle and we let the kids do whatever they want to do with some parents. And, you know, I said, excuse me, who's in charge? A member of staff member said, well, my kids will, um, they get, excuse me, <clears throat> they all cry when, when I uh, give them vegetables. I said, so what's the point? And then you give them pizza and then you slowly kill them. So, um, excuse me. I think if we saw it at that level, and I think it's that serious, 70% of North Americans are overweight or obese. 50% are diabetic or pre-diabetic. Excuse me, diabetes is now heading into one of the top five diseases that is killing us. Hello, it, like there's, got, there's all kinds of things. Cancer, one of the numbers, one contributors to cancer is sugar-based diets because it feeds cancer. Cancer lives off that. I laughed when my father-in-law passed away uh, 20 years ago. So this is my stepfather that died of dementia. He's in the hospital. It's later discovered he died of cancer and they're giving him chocolate bars. So what the heck? I mean, there's something wrong with that where the hospital is feeding him chocolate bars. So anyways, uh, there's all of these things are preventable if we can own that space and not, you know, just be responsible for your health. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Just, just control it. Yeah, there's well-documented studies that show that certain kinds of cancer uh, are at least delayed or stop growing when you go on a ketogenic diet, you know, so people can find those studies and 
if it, if it works for that, it, it, must, it shows us that it's having an effect on our overall health and, and uh, something, to be, something to be aware of. Another thing I was thinking was, I think, I think it might have been from our friend Marge, who uh, she put out this Facebook post yesterday, and it was this little guy trying to kick a, 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 kick a, a piece of wood. It, it was a karate class. And the coach was so, was so good. He was crying and say, saying he couldn't do it. And the coach just kept encouraging him and saying, you can do it. You can do it. And, uh, and he, he took about 10 tries. And finally, he just gave it a good wallop and he cut the wood, you know, he chopped the wood in half with his foot, you know. And the whole class uh, jumped on him and yelled and encouraged him. And it was, it was awesome. But what the th- one of the things I loved about it, I loved the encouragement, but I also love how the coach just he did, he was he was compassionate, but he didn't give in to the kids crying. I was thinking if that was my kid, I would say, "Oh, it's okay. You don't have to do it." You know. Oh but yeah. This, this coach just held his ground and just said, "You can do it. You can do it." Helped repositioned him and had him try it again, and then finally he did it. So I just thought it was it made me think of exactly what you just said about how we, we kind of let our kids off the hook when they start to cry or whimper a little bit. Well, well here, there, here's the other thing, Rod. There's no question that there's a withdrawal from these foods. The research shows is that sugar has more addictive nature in our brain than cocaine. Yeah, exactly. I know with and the people so- that we, we work with and we coach and even – ourselves. Uh, we've gone through sugar withdrawal for sure. Yeah. And so I, I'm not suggesting this is easy. I'm just so I mean, if sugar is addictive at the level of cocaine, the last study was is that sugar is costing the society around the world $5 trillion, not billion, $5 trillion, and lost productivity, health, wellness. You know, if you start thinking about diabetes, then you have circulation issues, then you have amputations, then you have all these things that go on with it, then you have eyesight issues. The the downstream effect of these conditions is significant, right? And mobility is, is part of that as well. Now, I don't know if we have a few minutes left. Did you want to get a little bit into some of the nutritional and lifestyle recommendations or not? Yeah, keep going. Cause yeah, it is on the, uh, on my mind is that um, the, the test doesn't just give you sort of, you know, you scored nine out of 10, on this particular area, you might want to think about doing something. It actually gives you some recommendations. So yeah, please, please dive into that a little bit. Well, when we redid the, uh, the, I'll call it the nutritional side and everybody. So if I had uh, 12 nutritionists in the room or on this show, Rod with you, how many opinions would I have about how you eat? (laughs) 13 probably, maybe 14. (laughs) Right. And so there's a lot of conflict and there's all a controversy about what you should or shouldn't do. So what we did in our tool is we went to what would we recommend if you optimize your health? Not mediocre, not everything in moderation. No, that's not what we're thinking. No, no, no. We're talking about you're an Olympic athlete. How are you going to engage? So that's how we went. If you choose not to because you take the assessment, hey, that's up to you. Do you want to die earlier? That's fine. That's, Rod and I aren't going to hinder that. That's your choice. But the And I was being a little facetious there. But the point being is number one is that you know, our moms always said, eat your fruits and vegetables. So the baseline of most diets need to be plant-based. I'm not a vegetarian by any means, but at the same time, raw, uncooked uh, salads and vegetables, 
that are non-carb based. So, I mean, if we are looking at potatoes, we want to limit those and not have those very often. So, like these green leafy celery, lettuce, you know, broccoli, all these things that say, well, I don't want to eat those. But because there's so many antioxidants, is it that I, I mean, I eat peppers, whatever. Now, peppers have, for some people, have an inflammatory side. And Dr. Don Colbert's book talks about that a bit. So, you have to be careful with that. Then we think about nuts. Then we think about, you know, where I'm not anti-dairy, but maybe sort of as a dairy farmer, but I mean, I like cheese and some of those things. And butter is usually not inflammatory with it. And then we look at some of these nuts as well. And then we get into our protein source that's different than plant if I'm into it. And really carbs, which are the breads and that are last or off. In the past, if you remember the plates or the pyramids they used to have, breads were on the bottom. Well, no. I mean, we, we actually don't have gluten in our house. We have a, a very little. So, um, all breads, we're, we're like 90% sort of gluten-free and more. Now, if you get into some natural grains, that's not so bad. When we think about coffee or something like that, the research is somewhere between two and four cups a day. So, it's not anti-coffee or those items. Alcohol, I know a lot of us like our wine, and I used to drink a lot of alcohol when I was younger, Rod, when you first knew me. I don't anymore. And Dr. Amen's work around the brain and brain scans is that any amount of alcohol does have damage to the brain. So what we recommend is two to four ounces a week. I know that's more than other people, but hey, part of our cognitive abilities is this long-term effect of those things as part of it. Now, I'm a big believer in nutritional supplementation, and here's why, is that the density of nutrition within the products now from the farm fields, for most cases, if you think about greenhouses, if you think about high-intensity farming, which I'm familiar with as a diploma in agriculture, is that the nutritional density of many of the foods aren't what they used to be. And so we placate that. Now, here's the other thing. We have other stressors around our environment such as pollution or other stressors that where the stress level can't be taken care of just by the nutritional density of the food. So <clears throat> I might take some vitamin Bs to, to kind of lower the stress level or a multivitamin of some sort. Uh, or if you were talking about on one of your blogs around this omega-6-3 ratio, which is completely out to lunch in our society. I mean, it should be three, four, maybe five, maybe six to one. And in North America, it's 25 to one. So we need to tighten that up. That ratio is way, way off. Now, there is some controversy about how much omega-3s will benefit me, but certainly the ratio is not beneficial to us. And then when we go to the other side, when we talk about lifestyle, there was a brand new research rod that came out from Harvard. It's the longest study in history on longevity, 50 years. It just came out in November. And they broke down some uh, components. Now, first of all, the number one thing that will kill you quickly is smoking. <laughs> number two is drinking. So those two are kind of there. But one of my um, colleagues um, who I had on my podcast around, and he's a self-esteem uh, and self-worth expert, happiness expert. You know what the number one factor that contribute to my happiness more so than antidepressants? Walking just activity, just movement of the body. So they're talking about sitting being the next smoking. So this lack of movement. So get out there and move. And so you can do, you know, high intensity interval workouts with Mercola or Tabata, which, you know, talk to Rod about how to do it or have our, we don't have time to go through it, but it's really going to your max for a couple of times 
a week where your workout's a lot uh, shorter, making sure you're doing strength exercises. There's a new table out, Rod, that talks about they can relate your overall health based on how many push-ups you can do for your age. And so if you can't do something like 10 or 12 push-ups at 70, then your, uh, your health is degrading. So again, that strength side. And if we think about osteoporosis, my aunt died of osteoporosis. Her leg shattered in a million pieces and was dead two years later. Is that we need to have our muscles and our muscle mass developed. So walking. Now, the other thing, here's two other things that came into longevity on lifestyle that have nothing to do with exercise that came out of the study. Number one that contributed to longevity, loving relationships. So having a community, having a tribe, it doesn't mean that you have to be married or have a, a spouse or a partner or whatever, or a significant other, is that you have significant individuals in your life where love is present. And that contributed to longevity as much as anything. And we've now put that into lifestyle. If you're a loner, the highest level of depression and loneliness now occurs in our societies. Even though we're all social and social media, we're no, we don't have connection. The next one that contributed to my longevity and fulfillment in life is generosity. The ability to give. Now, we talked about gratefulness being in that too. Is that Do I have a grateful heart? But do I give? And so, you know, there's an old saying, it's better to give than to receive. <laughs> well, that's now been true through science. Where are you giving? Are you out in the food? Are you do donating clothes? Are you helping with somebody else? Are you cutting the neighbor's lawn? Or whatever the case is that you're doing, do you have a generous heart as a theme for your life? In whatever, is it money? Is it time? Is it capabilities? Is it expertise? Make that a theme. And these items are the core items that we have. Now, there's obviously 15 in each area, so there's much more. But these are some core items to consider for being healthy. And then I will say this other part around um, occupation. If the majority of the world dislike what they do for mildly irritate the load, the number is somewhere around almost 90%, 80 to 90%, then you have to find a profession or occupation, assignment, calling, purpose that is meaningful to you. Don't be miserable for the rest of your life. Now, I'm not saying you should quit your job today. I'm saying that you should go on your journey to find what is it, where do, where's your wheelhouse? Where, does you, where are you on fire? And it shouldn't be a burden. It could be hard work, but it shouldn't be a burden. And man, that is so much easier. I just did 11 presentations in the last two weeks around the world, Rod. And I've been doing this for 30 years. I've done 3,000 paid presentations around the world. I've actually never enjoyed it more. I had more fun than this last month doing this with groups of 100 or you know, 50 or eight or whatever it is than I ever have. And I said, why is it? Well, so I'm just in my space. You get more mature as, you know, your dad and I are friends and just watching him too. And just saying, you know what, we're just here to serve. We're just here to help. And that's true for every single listener here too, is that you do have a purpose. And if you don't know what your purpose is, then your purpose is to find your purpose and then go from there. That's great. And Ken is definitely, we've done a podcast before on finding your purpose and you have tools on that as well. Ken is definitely the expert in that area. So if you're, if you find you don't know your why, or you don't know your purpose, look up some of CRG leaders stuff. Well, actually, um, if you don't mind, Rod, yeah. I'm going to, we're going to give away that free gift. That free gift is actually an e-copy of my book, The Quest for Purpose. And here's the URL. So it's a hidden URL for the listeners of only Rod's show. 
It's Ken, it's Ken Keys, and it's spelled K-E-N-K-E-I-S dot com slash fuel. And you go there, there's going to be a landing page, and you'll be able to get a free e-copy of my book, The Quest for Purpose. It's all outlined there, and if you have any questions or whatever or follow-up, then you can just reach out to me personally. Excellent. Good. I love it when people do that. Thanks for putting that together. It's awesome. You're welcome. Hey, just before we wrap things up, I'm wondering if you have a client story, either on the purpose side of things or someone who's done the stress indicator and, and health planner that you could just talk about that it's made a, uh, a difference in their lives. Well, I think I could talk about one of our clients uh, out loud was London Drugs for 25 years. They don't use the tool right now. They had a new person who came into training, but for 25 years and what a good friend of mine, she was leading a health and wellness uh, workshop, a half-day workshop for all their new employees. So, I mean, they have six or 7,000 employees, but here's what they did. They brought and they had them invite their significant other or partner or somebody that they knew to come to the program with them. Why? Because they knew if I do this together, I'm going to be successful. And one of their comments was, is, Ken, we love the assessment because it helps people to find low-hanging fruit mm -hmm. in all these different areas. So, I might be, see, stress is a big, big question. But what we have to, what we do in our tool, probably as well as anybody, is distill it down to very small parts that then you can act on. And so here's literally thousands of people over that 25 years that completed that. And according to Liz, this is one of the most powerful processes they ever did at the company as part of their employee assistance program. So it was preventative. Here what, here's what we believe about health and wellness. And so, and think about this, this is London Drugs. This is a place that have pharmacy, but we know <laughs> that in the retail environment, our managers are stressed. They have a lot of demands. So we have all of this in our work environment today. And so I need to have a precursor. So, you know, um, when I'm tired and don't get sleep or whatever, is that fatigue makes cowards of us all, but we also make poor decisions. We make decisions we regret. So our wellness is going to contribute to all parts of our life. Even we'll get more irritable with the significant other. We'll get, lose our temper with somebody that we love or is important to us. So that example was, I mean, they were the longest standing that used it for so many years and it was transformational for hundreds and hundreds of individuals over that 25 years. Fantastic. I love that. So Ken, thank you so much. I'm sorry it took so long for us to <laughs> line this up. I kind of, I kind of had to go through a, a reimagining of fuel radio and, and, you know, we're focusing on body, mind, and soul. So this, this fits perfectly. I love everything that you said. It, it's right on track with where I'm at and where the kinds of things that we want to teach and help people mm -hmm. with in our coaching. So good stuff. And even as you're talking, I'm thinking I've had a few conversations lately with people who've been dealing with uh, addiction issues and so much of it is around stress. You know, they just need to, if they could just learn to better handle their stress, and I include myself in that, that it, it would make a huge difference in their lives. So thank you for putting this together. And I'll, I'll have to, rec I didn't think of it before, but now obviously I'm thinking about it. I'll have to recommend the stress indicator to them. If they go to kenkeys.com forward slash fuel, do you think there'll be a link there for the stress indicator too? Or, or should, uh, they well, to, we'll, should they go we'll, to CRG? We'll, uh, they'll have to go to CRG, I think, but I'm sure there's a link there that goes back to the main site right. and uh, that's crgleader.com. 
but for sure, once they get that ebook, they'll have all the contact information to email us if they want to find out about it or, you know, look at it closer. You know, and thank you, Rod, for the work that you're doing and getting back out there. I mean, you were doing podcasts before people were doing podcasts. And if you actually go back a decade ago when we did our first one together, or it's probably even longer than that. It's probably mm-hmm. maybe 12 or 13 years ago before even podcasts were vogue. And, you know, now I have my own secrets of success with Dr. Keys and it just is a really good space to be able to serve people. So thanks for your work. Oh, you're welcome. And, and by the way, check Ken's podcast out as well. You just did an interview with someone on, on health. I just saw the email this morning, right? You posted that. Uh, yeah. Uh, David Bush, who uh, was a football star, uh, got um, 110 pounds overweight so uh, from travels and, you know, had back surgeries and then just now has a health coaching business globally with a doctor that he's partnered with and they have 400 global health coaches to be able to transform people's lives. So yes, uh, just an awesome guy as well. So you can listen to that latest podcast on some ideas he was sharing about health and wellness. Yeah, right on. So check out Ken's podcast. He has amazing guests and, uh, and he does a great job and You've been at it for a while as well, so yeah. Yeah, a few years now. <laughs> Good stuff. It's always great to talk to you. You're such a wealth. You're so smart, and uh, I appreciate all the work you've done, all the research, and, and the way that you've packaged it together for people. So yeah, thanks again. Oh, you're welcome. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.